Hello everybody, and welcome to another Punzer's Podcast. I'm Andrew Brown. The music you're hearing is William Clark's Gambling for My Bread, available free from mevio.com slash music. Check it out. I got my fingers crossed, baby. Well, then I'm hoping for the best. Got my fingers crossed, baby. Well, then I'm hoping for the best. Yes, I'm gambling on my future, my livelihood, and all the rest. Yes, welcome back, race fans. Well, day three is in the books. The podcast coming to you a little bit later this evening. Unfortunately, a, a modicum of social life has caused ripples on the pond of my my monastic gambling existence, and I've been out filling my face with meat at the local Brazilian all-you-can-eat place. I haven't had a chance to digest all of that yet, but I have had a chance to digest another thrilling day's racing. I was joined at Edredon Towers by Jack for to watch today's action. He definitely had more luck than me. And what did we see? Well, we saw the best horse in training winning a second world hurdle. We saw Alberta's run with the aforementioned Jack's money aboard, demonstrating that festival form always wins out and taking another grade one for a, a storied career. We saw David Pipe and Donald McCain muddy the waters at the top of the training table. Five trainers have tra- have trained two winners apiece at this. Not only Pipe and McCain, but also Nichols, Henderson, and Hobbs. So all to play for as the third as the fourth day begins. But before we get to the day four cards, let's look back over the third day. Well, the first race went to Copper Bleu, who jumped very impressively. He benefited from the firmer ground and clearly loved coming off a fast pace. They went very fast at the beginning and it was the the tactical speed horses that came through to pick this one up he was the best of them it was great to see Midnight Club confirm his form from last year's festival and picked up some valuable place money for me unfortunately King's Forest was was good but not quite good enough, he'll get stronger and there'll be other days for him in the second race, Buena Vista making his fifth visit to the festival picked up a win been a, he's been an incredibly consistent horse and probably deserved one. It was a very impressive ride from young Danny Cook, a claimer on board, and a very good front-running performance, a good judge of pace, and he kicked at just the right time his horse stayed on. I'll wait to see how the form works out, but to be honest, the winner looks pretty exposed to me, and this is perhaps not a vintage renewal of the Potemps in terms of great horses coming out of it, but take nothing away from the winner. The third race and the first of the Grade Ones was the Ryanair, and once again the best jumper in the field came out the winner. Alberta's run enjoyed the ground. He's an uncomplicated sort these days, and he simply jumped and stayed and ran very well. Behind him, only chaos. Davy Condon can consider himself very unlucky, in my opinion, to have picked Baban, and Givol was staying on, was swerving inside Pokemon to pick up what would have been second place and he would have I don't think he would have reached the winner but he would certainly have got closer Ruby on a beaten horse has hung on to second place and as I say I think the wrong jockey was criticised for that coming together it's just further stupidity from the Cheltenham stewards really they handed a warning to Dickie Johnson for his ride on 
Copper Blurt in the first, and they've managed to ban both Nina Carberry and Katie Walsh after their epic rides yesterday on horses, who were clearly not inconvenienced at all by by strong rides in very important races. Now, neither of those ladies will be affected, since they don't often pick up rides in the UK anyway, but the frustration of these these stewards chucking their oar in continues. They desperately need to just stop it and leave the jockeys to get the best from their rides. Trust in the fact that the jockeys are good horsemen and they're good people and they're clearly not abusing the animals that they're aboard. So, frustrations with them, but just take nothing away from Alberta's run, who was, was clear of all of the trouble and a deserved winner. Some disappointing runs back in the field, uh, Barber's shot particularly, a very rare thing, a poor round of jumping for a Henderson horse, and Barber's shot has normally been, been foot perfect at his fences, so... Hard to know what went wrong there, but disappointing for for those of us who, who backed him, and disappointing for the Henderson Yard, but they've had a good week. I think they'll probably cope. And the fourth race was the World Hurdle. Well, I don't know what can be said, really. I mean, we t- I said in advance this will be an armchair ride for Ruby Walsh, but I never realised just how how easy it would be. I think... That being said, the commentators saying it was cheeky from Ruby, I think it was a very canny bit of horsemanship because this is a horse who idles and paddles and waves around when he's out when he's left out in front and by keeping him upsides of time for Rupert and not squeezing him until the last minute, he kept him up to his task, kept him at a strong gallop and with a stride like that going away, he's you know, he was never in trouble. It was never a doubt that he would pull away from time for Rupert, who was very impressive in second. I don't think we will ever know what Mark Big Bucks could run to. I think if he found himself alongside a 190 horse in a staying hurdle on good ground like that, I think he might beat him. But until he does, he'll run to the mark of the horses around him. He's, he's a monkey, but all the best ones are. I've been reading a book about... Fusakai Pegasus, this week the great triple crown horse of 2000, the four million dollar horse. There's no similarities whatsoever between them, except that both are great horses and both are a little bit mercurial because they can be. If Big Bucks was was an ordinary handicapper in terms of ability, he wouldn't win a single race with an attitude like that, but he's good enough that it doesn't matter. So in behind him, as I say, time for Rupert, impressed, clearly a career best, and he was a horse who lots of people fancied coming out of the cleave, and was getting a lot of buzz in the previews. I didn't expect him to run as well as he did, he was very comfortably the second best of these. The disappointment, I suppose, was sentry duty, Power Station has proved himself to be a Cheltenham specialist, Carabac needs to go chasing... Poor cousin Vinny doesn't know what he needs to do. He's too high at his hurdles and too shallow at his fences. He needs... Maybe he's the greatest brush brush hurdle horse in training. It's hard to know what to do with him, but until he figures out a way to get over some kind of obstacles, he'll remain another disappointing bumper horse. But we saw from that performance that the ability's there. The horse I haven't mentioned is Catchit, who came home lame, apparently, although... No one seems 
at the time of going to press to be too sure of of what the problem is. For me, catch it is I suspect he just hammered a, a, a hurdle, which he certainly hit a few of them, and that's probably where the lameness comes from. I suspect maybe a false step coming away from a hurdle. Um, but lame or not, he simply wasn't good enough. Alan King has had some very talented horses and has won some big races, but he is in danger of being remembered as the trainer who produces precocious young talents who aren't able to come back year after year. I mean, My Way to Solson certainly fits into that camp with two scintillating Cheltenham performances, winning, of course, both the Arkle and the World Hurdle, but no others. And Voipura Steadies had had his time in the sun, but was still a young horse when he was he was thrashed by an imperious masterminded, but has has never really regained Group One force since then. And this horse catch it. Now he won the triumph, of course. He went on to be the first five-year-old in three thousand years, or whatever it is the trend the trend gurus tell us to win the champion hurdle, and. He hasn't won since. Hasn't won since March of 2008. And for a horse with this amount of ability, that's too long. And Alan King has had a poor festival. No winners yet. He's had a poor year, some of which can be blamed on a bug. And he's had some very good horses not perform. He's a trainer I've always thought a lot of, and it's, it's disappointing. I offer no more judgment than that. I don't know what to make of it. But it's a shame... He hasn't been able to get the best out of some talented animals. Part of the blame, I think, this year has to go to Chuck Thornton, who has a reputation as being an excellent Cheltenham jockey. But for me this year, all of his horses have been ridden very wide. They've been ridden... Some dubious pace decisions have been made. He's ridden close to the pace in some fast races and off the pace in some slower races... He's been out wide. He seems like he's been tactically one step away. Maybe he simply hasn't had the horses under him. But I would hope to see more from Jock Thornton as well as more from the Alan King yard. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. I certainly hope so. If not, let's hope they come back strong next year because racing needs as many top yards as it can, as it can fit. And without the King yard, racing is a loser. Moving on then, the Burn Group. Well, it went to a Jover Johnson Gray, as I predicted. It wasn't Chapaturchin, unfortunately. It was Great Endeavour. It was another good ride from another David Pipin mate with another amateur on board. Yes, another first-time winner at the festival. And a good ride. Sitting in behind them, I was... I think many, as we suspected, were, were simply handicapped. The likes of Guanaco, who jumped beautifully and travelled as well as anything in the race, was simply found out by the weight. And it's telling that the featherweights were all to the fore in this race. Nick Morden had made in Taipan rate. I was I was wrong about him. I spotted that he had good ground form. But it's true that all of his best form comes left-handed on sharp tracks. Maybe Aintree will suit him better, but it may just be that he needs to stick to to Nace, as Nick Morden suggests. So, a disappointment for our money there. But we've we picked up some money with Gallant Nui, who was gambled on. 
I was on at 14, so I hope you found some 14s or some 12s. He was 11-2 to two at the off and was placed a never better third, closing in on the winner who quite justifiably was tired out front. That was Balabriggs, his stablemate Kachaturian set a, a harsh gallop and Balabriggs was the only one who went close. Those of you who have been following my blogs for years will know that he's a horse I've always thought a lot of. He was a chaser on my horses to follow list for a while back there. I thought he'd reached his, the peak of his ability and I'd lost interest in him. That Between him and Madison de Burley, that's twice I've done that with horses who have won big races at big prices. So perhaps the lesson, once again, is patience. I think there may be more to come. He won that off 140 as a top weight. He certainly wasn't hidden from the handicapper, but he's improving past his mark. He runs in the same colours and for the same yard, of course, as Cloudy Lanes, and I think that's a fair comparison. He's another strapping horse who'll go well as he gets older and stronger and is clearly still improving as a fairly mature horse. There was a debate between me and Jack as to whether he'll be a national horse. Jack isn't convinced he'll stay. And that's a valid question mark, but to me he does have the stamp of a national horse about him, and given a couple of years, that might yet be where he ends up. This season, I guess it'll be either the Volker Chase, or at Haydock, or perhaps more likely the um, the season ender at Sandown, as he clearly copes with good ground, and the longer trip there. The race, the name of which escapes me, that Hennessy won last year is probably where I would be be directing him if he was mine but there's more to come and he's a horse to keep on the right side of because he jumps and stays and you can't put a price on that so that's day three in the books take a deep breath we're almost there folks let's look ahead to the final card day four of the Cheltenham Festival coming up in a second Well, the curtain opener for the fourth day is traditionally the triumph. Has been for as long as we've had a fourth day. And we have Gilded Age in it, tipped up by yours truly, following an uninspiring run in a handicap at Epsom over the summer. He's running in this, though, because he couldn't get a mark good enough to get him into the Fred Winter. I don't think he'll do well enough. As discussed... There are serious question marks over the Alan King yard at the moment. And whilst I do think Gilded Age has some ability, I can't see him placing in a triumph. I suspect that anti-post money is as gone as it would have been if he hadn't turned up. But you never know. Strange things have happened and I won't rip up the ticket just yet. So who do I like in this? Well, as I said yesterday, you have to draw a line through the Irish form after seeing how badly beaten all of the Irish horses were in the Fred Winter, and some of them were fancied. Advisor's form was given a boost by that of Sanctuaire. The Yard must know what they've got. Advisor's unbeaten over hurdles, and given how dominant Sanctuaire was, assuming Advisor is as good or better, he must have an excellent chance in this. And the other one from my shortlist, as I've said in the past is Westlin wins. He's been off the track for a long time, but he's got very solid form, only beaten once, and that by Mill Chief. 
he has an excellent chance in this, and as I say, I think he's got the courage to go well here. So they're the two for me, Western Winds and the Advisor. Very little to say about that race, really. And we'll move on to the second, which is the County Hurdle. And this is a nightmare. Even by festival handicap standards, I haven't got a clue. And my only advice is don't bet. This will be an absolute stay away for me. But for those of you who, like me, are looking for a place pot, what should be on it? Well, Inventor's impressed. The Yard of Flying. But he's got little or no... He's got no course form. He's got little experience at all. And virtually no experience in big fields. And to me, those are significant question marks. So it's a no for the McCain horse, who I like. And I think will go well in future races. But not here. Belvano will be popular. He's had his form franked by Menorah in the Supreme. I don't think at the price he's available, he's good value. I don't trust his hurdling. And I wonder if he has the... He's another who might be undone by experience in the hurly-burly of this race. I do like Eradicate, who's also from the Henderson Yard. He's been raised £8 for winning the Scottish County Hurdle earlier this season. We haven't seen him since. It seems possible that that £8 rise is sufficient, but I wouldn't entirely rule him out. He's clearly one who must be must be up there. Another you can't rule out is Rock Noir, who is unbeaten in France and is ridden by A.P. McCoy. However, it's his UK debut. He's carrying top weights. He's never seen ground this fast, so there are Huge question marks, but it wouldn't be a total surprise if he dotted up in this. He could easily be the best horse in the race. There's simply no way of knowing. And John Joe and JP and AP wouldn't get involved unless they thought this was some kind of horse. So he's got to be on the shortlist. And the third one I'd shortlist is D.E. Williams. He's been very consistent over two years, no offences. He's won his only previous visit to Cheltenham. And he may well be in the grip of the handicapper by now. The mark looks stiff enough. But he should be there or thereabouts. And, as I say, he's another one who, if I was looking to get a horse placed, I wouldn't rule out D.E. Williams. But the two who are top of my list are Rock Noir and Eradicate. But it's a no-bet race. The third race is the Albert Bartlett. And following my trip to Harris Regoning's preview, some of the comments, especially those of Mike Catamull, sent me scurrying back to look through the video form at Silver Kate, who he had some very good words for and was saying if she was from a bigger yard, she'd be half the price, that the form is as good as anything in the race. He's a good judge. I respect him. I think he's right about all of that. However, I don't think... She she seems to act on good ground, but I think most of her form is on soft. I think this is a big step up in class, and I think she's done, and she's got a big task up against the boys. So, I'd love to see her win it. I'd love to see a little Abergavenny yard pull this one off, but I'm not convinced that she's going to be good enough, unfortunately. One who is certainly good enough is Kelly Spree. If he's 
he ran two days ago, of course. If he's well enough after that early fall two days ago, then he's got a chance. But he's, I'm put off by the fall. I'm also put off by Willie Mullen's comments in the Racing Post in advance of that race, where he was saying that the ground was completely against his horse. So between the ground and the fall, he's one I'd draw a line for, but a line through. So who will I be backing? Well, I've tried to oppose the favourite. As you know, I always try to oppose favourites. But Telmasini has got rock-solid form. He'll like the ground, he'll like the course, he'll like the extra trip. He's got a good jockey aboard, the yard are in form. It's difficult to pick holes in his form. And he's a justifiable favourite to me, and he's got to be on the short list. If you want another one... Enterprise Park, there's a bit of a question mark about the ground, but he's got excellent form. We'll like the trip, and he should run very well indeed if he copes with the ground. But Telmasini, for me, is going to take all the beating in the Albert Bartlett. I would, again, be very reluctant to be supporting any Irish horses, with the exception of Enterprise Park. I simply don't think that the Irish form stacks up, unless there's an improver in there. Those who are exposed are exposed as not good enough. So the Gold Cup. Well, we talked about this in detail. I'm sure anyone who's still listening to a podcast like this has read about it, has formed their own opinions. There's so little left to say. We just want them to run the race. I think it should be a win for Cato Star. I hope so. It takes takes a good horse to win a Gold Cup, a great horse to win it twice, but to both regain a Gold Cup and then win it three times. He'd be taking his place amongst the greatest steeplechasers of all time. And without wanting to get into a ranking discussion, uh, he's earned his place amongst the greatest. With his record at a number of tracks, in a number of grade ones, and now his longevity coupled with his, his flexibility as to distance. He's among the greats. I really hope he wins. I just hope we get a good race. I hope that the Denmans and the Kuldines and even the Imperial Commanders serve it up to him. We see him win a good contest. And then we'll all take a deep breath. The professional jockeys will have a well-earned hour off and they'll come out for two amateur races, the first of which is the Fox Hunters. And everything I hear from people who follow these things says that this will be a benefit race for Roulet Cool. He's what he's got excellent form in graded races at Otoy. He's a young, talented horse, and given the field he's up against, it's gonna be very difficult to oppose him. And he's one I like very much for the Whaley Cohen outfit. If I were to oppose him I think it might be with Trust Fund, who ran in three very good hunters' chases last year, winning at Aintree and finishing his season, winning over course and distance in the Cheltenham May meeting. Tom Greenle is a good jockey. We know he can be turned out fresh and go well. We know he likes spring ground. And whilst he perhaps is, in terms of class, we assume below Roulet Call, He's a proven commodity, and that's a valuable thing. 
So don't rule out trust fund as being the one to oppose Roulet Cool with. The next race is the Martin Pipe, and once again, I'm I'm dodging this one. As with the County Hurdle, there's there's no bet for me in the Martin Pipe. It looks totally impossible. A short list. Well, Balthazar King has got an excellent jockey aboard. He's tough, he's consistent, and he goes very well over this course. He may be exposed, but I think he's a, a quality horse. I think we have to assume that Ashkazar is tuned up for this. Obviously, David Pike would love to win this for his dad. race named for his dad, of course. And if this trip suits better than the trip that Ascot did... He could very well go well, and I think I think he will be suited by a return to Cheltenham and a return to this trip. But he's been disappointing chasing. The handicapper may just have him in his grips, and those are enough question marks for me to keep my money in my pocket. And we finish the festival, as ever, with the grand annual. Well, this is an incredibly strong field. There's a huge number of horses in this who I really, really like. These are young, up-and-coming handicappers for the most part. Totally unlike the Burn Group yesterday, or today in fact. It's a strong field, and it's very difficult to limit yourself to a short, short list. There are two horses from the Henderson Yard. You're the top, is the one that Brennan goes for. He's offer much better weight than French Opera however to me French Opera has the course form and the festival form and as such I prefer him of two good proven commodities, good jumpers and up and coming horses who might just have something on the handicapper so French Opera is the Henderson horse for me the Nichols Yard also throw out two excellent young horses in Free World and Titaniano. Titaniano is the one who have the noise who has the noise behind him. He may just be a little bit further ahead of the handicapper. However to me Free World has has superior jumping. His jumping in the race at Sandown was superb and although he's a little bit in and out he might just be the better of the Nichols horses. But I won't be backing either of those. As well as French Opera, the one for my shortlist is Nomicheki, who I saw run at Plumpton for Nick Gifford and the Stewart family, coming back off a very long break. He looked a picture in the paddock, he was punted on enthusiastically, and he won very well, giving... And then he followed up giving weight to some very good horses and he was indeed he beat Great Endeavour giving weight Great Endeavour has gone on to win today give the form a much better look finished behind Backbencher amongst others who again has gone on to win subsequently and that run under a penalty was impressive he might prefer slightly further than the Grand Annual but that extra bit of stamina should hopefully help him cope with an end to end gallop and with a good jockey aboard, I wouldn't rule out Nomacheki 
at what is a big price in a hugely competitive race. But as I say, you can make a case for 10 or 15 of these. But for me, Nomashekia and Trenchopra to small stakes. We know the Grand Annual throws up a thrilling finish. You need to expect the unexpected and enjoy the race. Make it last because it's 361 days until the festival is back in our lives. So that's it. The very best of luck for the final day. And let's hope we see a big winner. Our banker for the final day has to be Kato Star. The best bet... None of them are great today. But the best bet tentatively is Westlin wins in the Triumph. And the long shot is Nomacheki in a hugely competitive Grand Annual. Now I'm going to lie down in a cool room and think about how badly I did it by my body at the Brazilian restaurant and think about how much I'm going to enjoy the final day of the festival. Good night and stay lucky.